For almost 40 years, an incredible phenomena has been occurring in a remote village of Bosnia-Herzegovina, which may contain secrets that could change life as we know it. After hearing of a number of miracles from first-hand witnesses, I wonder if this could be a giant wake-up call for humanity. Considering once these secrets are revealed, it could be too late, this just might be worth taking a look into. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and since the day I discovered this place called Medjugorje, I haven't been able to take my mind off of it. Why doesn't everyone know about it? Well, join me as I bring real-life stories of miracles of Medjugorje and why this is a modern-day case for grace. Welcome back to Miracles of Medjugorje, A Case for Grace. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and here with me today I have Corey Smith Hello. out of Kansas. Hi, Corey. Hi. Um, Corey and I have something very in common in that we both began a podcast about Medjugorje earlier this year. And his is called Medjugorje Daily Reflections. And it's really um, like an interactive prayer group with his family. So he's praying with his wife and four children. And yeah, right. And it just kind of acts yeah. as like a guide for other people at home, would you say? Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I couldn't find a prayer group. Uh, I'm in Wichita, Kansas. We actually have an amazing like Medjugorje community here, but I didn't know that. I couldn't find it. Um, and then, uh, so I thought there might be somebody else out there that, you know, uh, needs a prayer group and stuff like that. So, and also, I mean, it's family prayer, you know, it's powerful. So it really is. And yeah. And a lot of people don't know where to begin with that. So I just thought that this podcast is so great and that the whole family can kind of gather around and just have that and just give them a, a head start, just a place to begin. I, I just love it. I think it's precious. So, but thank you so well, thank much. You so. I love your podcast too. People should connect to that. And I um, mean, I'm learning stuff from it. So yeah. Awesome. We'll learn from each other. Um, yes. So we'll get into how you were inspired to do that. Uh, but first I just want to start with how you really came to find out how Medjugorje even existed. So how, how did you first hear about it? Okay, so I was going through a really hard time in my life. <clears throat> um, and I was, to be honest with you, I was, I was scared. Um, I had to, I had to like, uh, I, I stopped drinking and I had to kind of cancel some trips that I had from work. And a part of that meant, I mean, the money had already been spent and I had to go into like my HR and tell them, you know, this is the situation. I quit drinking. I don't really feel um, emotionally able to go out of town. I know you guys spend a lot of money. And I was like terrified um, for whatever reason. And like in my heart and, 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 um, and the courage that I have, that's the one thing that I just lacked. Um, and, and so I went to church. I was praying about it really strongly. Um, and there was some CDs in the back that that were just like there to give you guidance so i grabbed um one of the cds which was um no turning back by father donald calloway um which i'm sure if you've landed on this uh, <laughs> you know who he is um but i didn't know anything about him so i so I, I put him in my car i remember I actually just sat in a parking lot and it was before adoration and i listened to the whole thing and when he said um just the word medjugorje it has kind of filled me up with like um, an indescribable feeling, like a peace, like I don't have to be scared anymore and things like that. So the next day I started looking up things about it and I, that feeling just kind of never left me. 
just by hearing the audible word it just struck yes. you yes and um, I think his line was like, and, and it's kind of similar, like he didn't know what Medjugorje was either. And he picked up this book and just him saying, I didn't know what Medjugorje meant. And I was just like, flood, you know. So, um, so I started to just kind of look up the history and immediately um, just, uh, I think I went to like Medjugorje.com and just kind of read the overview of it. And I just automatically... I had, you know, tried fasting and, you know, the, uh, just all the five stones. and mm-hmm. Corey mentioned the five stones. And to clarify, this is an important takeaway from Medjugorje. I talk about it in episode one, Medjugorje Overview. But to summarize, the main message our Blessed Mother is trying to convey is the importance of practicing what she calls the five stones, as in weapons, much like David used to fight off Goliath. So just to recap, the five stones are prayer, fasting, reading the Bible, Eucharist, and confession. Soon after that, just as like a series of circumstances, my wife's like, do you, she loves travel. Okay. And I, and we always joke, like, I've never been out of Kansas very much, you know, like I'm Dorothy or something. <laughs> She's like, we're going to Medjugorje. We're going to, um, she was like playing this trip for me. And so we didn't, we went without a group and things like that. And it's just, once you go, like, you're going to go, um, you know, God, mm-hmm. uh, you just, your life will never be the same. So. That's what I keep being told. Yeah. Um, so that is, that's really powerful. That's a great story. Um, what did your life look like before that you even found Medjugorje? What were, oh. how was it? Shannon, I wasn't on a winning streak. I went. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. It was, it was kind of like um, horrible stuff, you know, um, driving drunk, uh, getting in fights at home. That was probably the the number one thing is just the the lack of peace um what was just not there i felt um a uneasiness in my heart that just never seemed to be filled um kind of like a a discontent or restlessness and um just doing stuff that i i just am not proud of and regret and things like that that's what my life was like it was lost it was lost and um I, at one point, I just, I, I wondered if I even believed in God at one point and um, just never expected like a, a, the, like a close relationship or anything. And, um, and so it just, it kind of changed my life. And some of the, you know, I think that if you've ever watched Mary TV, uh, I heard a, um, a saying on there, they said you that like Medjugorje is the, the island of like misfit toys. <laughs> and I'm one of like a misfit toy. So like all that stuff kind of still remains in me. And, um, and I, I think it's, it's kind of like you, you seem like really down to earth and stuff. And that's, I think that's a lot of what the people that are called the Medjugorje are kind of like, they're just kind of, um, the, the, their past, they don't like shut the door on it, but it really informs what they're doing in the future kind of deal. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that was before when you were looking for it. Now, when yeah, um, right. when, once you went, your wife planned this trip, and mm-hmm. you, without a, a, a formal pilgrimage, you just kind of went on your own. Yes. Okay. So we went, and um, a few things had started happening 
to my wife before this time. So she converted to Catholicism. Um, she had some really like some dreams that she still keeps talking about of uh, one dream where she um, kind of, she didn't, she's never seen the Shroud of Turin. Okay. And uh, she had a dream about it. And she kept talking to me about what the, the her dream was. And I said, well, that sounds an awful like the shroud, um, that the shroud was in our bedroom. And so she, and this is in the prime time of me, just total like lack of faith and things like that. So she um, had this dream and I said, this looks like the shroud. Is this what you, um, is this what you saw in your dream? And she did, and immediately, it was just the right time and circumstances, she um, started going to RCA classes, and um, RCIA classes, and, uh, and converting to Catholicism. And she was really the champion of it all. Like, you know, let's get close to this. She had no problem, like, feeling all, all that stuff. And, and Which is, is and, this is significant, because you grew up Catholic background. Yeah. Cradle Catholic, as they call it, is it? Yeah. Oh, boy, totally. okay. And she's just Protestant. What was her background? She uh, went a little bit to as uh, from she's from Texas a little bit to the Church of Christ and she um, wasn't that uh, impressed or didn't really feel that close to it and so she, I would say a little bit like her friends took her to church for like half of a year or something she a little kind of had like a little bit of an absence of any sort of form mm. so uh, fresh, fresh start. All. And she just yeah. started having this dream, multiple mm -hmm. occurring dreams about Shroud of Turin. Yes. And she'd never even know, she didn't know what it was. Yeah, and so now we'll get emails still that, because uh, if you've, like, she's really uh, down to earth and, like, logical <laughs> and very um, not like me. So when she tells this to people, she keeps getting invited back to our church to tell her story because she's, like, I always tease her that she's like a robot or something. Like she's like, yes, that's like, I, I don't, you know, uh, <laughs> just all data, all serious all the time. And then she's like telling this story about how uh, this grace like came to her and people just really get touched by it. So we had no choice. She told me that. And I was like, that's the shroud. Let's go. And that I actually was so far gone in my faith that I sat in the classes with her. And um, not like as a sponsor, but just like I just went to every class and did all the work and stuff wow. with her. So, yeah. Okay. So you, you started out with your trip. You went to the Vatican to see the Shroud of Turin. That's kind of what you're going no, right the, there. The Shroud's not at the Vatican, but right. we did go, oh my gosh, we went to the Vatican and uh, we accidentally, we weren't planning on it, but we got to see a papal mass just by being in the right place at the right time. And that was really amazing and just that whole experience as is like a part of it but the closer we got to like going to Medjugorje you feel like a, um I don't know an excitement and energy in your in your heart and stuff like that and that's okay. that's definitely what I felt in the Vatican was like there's something there but yeah it's beautiful if you get not now with the coronavirus <laughs> in Italy you can't go to Italy now but no. <laughs> All right, so then you made the trek over to Medjugorje, and yeah, tell us oh, wow. what happened there. So we came, we arrived in the uh, the middle of the night, um, literally in the middle of the night, and the family there was so wonderful. They they went and picked us up, even though it was so late, and um, they fed us and things like that. But I told Holly, my wife, I said, 
it's at um we watched a movie uh, apparition hill and i was like i have to go where it's an apparition night i have to go sleep on the hill she said but you're in bosnia you don't know where the hill is at you don't know anything you can't just start walking out and i was like i don't think anything can stop me i'm leaving right now and so and uh she was like okay goodbye see you later and I, I headed out in the middle of the night and i went to um this hill and i what i feel is like um a miracle happened to me um on apparition hill um there was these uh, there was this italian couple waiting for me at the base of the hill i was a little bit scared um i walked past vicka's house and I mean, that's kind of amazing the, the the road I was on. And I was just excited to see like other people that are like me at the time. I was spending a lot of time like walking at nighttime and praying the rosary. I remember passing a guy that was my age and he was walking and praying the rosary at night. And I thought, all right, uh, you know, I feel like I'm at home. Um, but when I got to the base of the hill, this Italian couple was waiting, almost like waiting for me, it seemed like. And um I said, I'm going up the hill. Have, do you guys want to go with me? And um, there was the guy there that they call Santa um, that, that you see in all the apparition videos uh, standing behind uh, Mariana. And he was there with them. And uh, so I, I talked to him a little bit. And he said, I introduced myself and he said, uh, now if you go uh, up there and you, you have any arrogance and you you leave it on that hill and I, I remember that I was like okay I will <laughs> thank you sir and, uh, and, and so that was just a great experience to, to be at the base of the hill right beside the uh, by the blue cross and about to go up everybody's singing everybody's praying together it's amazing and um, so I went up with this Italian couple and um, they were just telling me watch your step the the young man would hold my hand sometimes and um, very uncharacteristic of like what happens in America, I guess. And we got to the top of the hill and, and there's the, the statue of our lady up there. Finally, when you reach the top of the hill, and that's just breathtaking. And so I went up and dropped to my knees and I started praying. And the wife told me immediately, uh, the body of Christ is this way. And we went up a little further up to the, um, the wooden cross that's there and they had this long conversation about what um, um, the cross on Mount Kruchevich looks like uh, on Cross Mountain what it looks like um, at nighttime and he was teasing her about you know you have too uh, too much of an active imagination and all this stuff and and she's like what do you think Corey and we were just we were like having a good old time and then we prayed the rosary and I started talking to them like, it's wonderful to pray the rosary with, with other people. And, you know, thank you guys for being so nice to me. And they couldn't understand anything that I was saying to them um, because I realized that the whole entire time that I was communicating with them, they were communicating to me um, in Italian. And, um, and I don't know any Italian at all, but I had no problem understanding them at all. And, um, and they were understanding you up until that point about you asking them about the rosary. They were doing most of the talking. Um, I was doing like, I would say, thank you. And uh, uh, my name is Corey and I would hold his hand and things, but they were doing most of the talking to me. They were talking amongst each other and then just kind of looking at me and, and, and I would say, oh yeah. And I would, but uh, when I actually told them like, let's pray, what language do you want to pray in? And they were not they were it was what do you what what did you say 
and we passed some Italians walking past, um, going down the mountain after we were done. Um, and they started, I could understand them as well. And they were saying, um, they, they said, uh, the, the couple I was with, uh, this is Corey. He's on my side. He thinks that the cross looks like this. So what do you guys think? And he's like, don't listen to her. She, she's crazy. Had no problem understanding them at all. And, and, um, I, at the time it didn't seem strange. It even, it just seemed like stuff like miraculously kind of happens there. And, and it's just for whatever reason, it feels like normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels normal. And then when I got down at the base of the apparition hill and I started walking along where the shops were with them, I couldn't understand them anymore. They, they said, um, I told them my house is this way. And they, you know, were saying before we got down, uh, they were making plans to meet me in the morning and then when we got off the hill i couldn't understand them at all anymore so um wow so and this all happened in the middle of the night yeah total middle of the night and i went i went back because i was going down the hill to go get holly because i was like this is amazing i went and told her about it she must have thought i was crazy i don't know i was like hey i understand the italian <laughs> and you gotta wake up and come down and and she's like sleeping man we were tired okay she was asleep, and so I went back and stayed the night on the hill, and then she found me in the morning, and we got pretty close to the Blue Cross, and uh, and we had and that that apparition was, um, I mean, all that stuff about, um, uh, you know, being able to understand Italian and things like that uh, is wonderful, but just being in the presence of Our Lady, truly, um, is is way more uh, fills your heart way more, and then one. Once you take uh, communion, you'll, I mean, you get to have that anytime you want. I mean, you'll have that true presence there too. So for sure. Which is amazing. Okay. So that's why everyone was kind of out staying on the hill because they were trying to get there so they could get a place during the apparition. The apparition was the next day. Yeah. The apparition was the next day. And so everybody kind of stays out on the hill and they sleep on, or they don't sleep at all. Really. I didn't sleep um, on rocks. Nobody tells you when you go to Medjugorje that like you're going to be walking on rocks constantly and it, it hurts after a while. Especially like me, I'm a very portly man, you know, and so I'm walking on the, <laughs> on the, on, and so, yeah, it's like uh penance for sure going on that hill. It's everybody's singing, everybody's um, praying a lot. Some people are kind of laying down the best that you can, but everybody's just anticipating this what's about to happen, you know? Okay, yeah, so tell us, what did you experience during the actual apparition the next day? Okay, so um, when it when it happened, there's like, um, you just, you, first you, you kind of just have an urge to pray, you know, and, and you first, you get the urge uh, at first, like not that you're not a, you're not a spectator, you're a participant of it and you, you, you get to pray and our collective prayers are like, is what this is all about. And I definitely felt that in my heart. And then I, for me personally, Holly had a different experience, but we both knew like the exact time that, that it happened. And for me, it was um, like this, this feeling of wind going along my face. And, um, and I mean, that's a, sense, a physical sensation, but you can feel it just, you know, in your heart. Um, and everybody, because they had been up all night, <laughs> Uh, on this hill where they were all getting really angry <laughs> and cranky. Okay. They were um, and right after the apparition, everybody was crying. 
everybody was hugging each other, uh, myself included. You know, we everybody was just, it was like uh, peace was a physical thing and it was just poured out to us. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. And uh, but before that, people were like, hey, I've been waiting here all night. You're not getting in front of me. That kind of deal. Like just the way sleepy people do uh-huh. after that. And um, that was on um, June 2nd, 2017, I think. Yeah. Okay. And then didn't you say you said you had an experience with the Miracle of the Roses? Amazing. Yeah. When I when I um, got when I first left and I should have mentioned that but as soon as I left, um, that's indescribable. As soon as I left um, the room to go find Apparition Hill, I didn't know where it was at. The the Miracle of the Roses is like confusing at first because when I when when I felt that when, I, when uh, that scent was around me, I automatically just stopped. Like, what, what's happening? And and my first thought was, why did they spray perfume outside? <laughs> I mean, and, and I didn't understand what was happening. And my wife experienced that as well. Um, and then I looked around to see if, if there's like roses anywhere or what's going on. And it just it like out of my dumb head, I finally realized <laughs> I'm in Medjugorje. Like, that's what happens. And, and uh, you know, thank God I'm getting to experience this. But they say when you smell that, that's that's like our lady's presence making herself known to you. And uh, and I was like, you know, I don't you don't feel like you're, you know, on earth or something it's it's very strange and and you feel like you've been um loved your whole entire life and you just now are able to realize it you know i had that experience when i stepped out in the middle of the night to find apparition hill and then once again uh when i got to the top of uh, cross mountain um up there and it just kind of um happened really strongly in the wind and and my wife said do you smell that too let's go up a little further so we can see if there's any roses or something around and uh there's you know it's, it's a rocky mountain you know? yeah. yeah just rocks beautiful absolutely beautiful. beautiful rocks yeah yeah so how do you take all of those experiences and how has it changed you now that you're back yeah so um I well changed my entire so all that ugly stuff that all the peace that wasn't there before I mean I don't want to say like oh you go to Medjugorje follow the five stones and you're just bam switch and you're just it's your whole life will be like you won't have a bad day ever again it's not like that okay life still happens but there is a total like a feeling of tangible peace around in, in my family now we pray as a family now we uh we talk about God we pray in the car. Um, it just kind of became a natural uh, part of our conversation. And um, we kind of will stop and ask ourselves, like, what do you think that, um, you know, God's plan is? And do we pray about this? My wife and I didn't really pray together before then. And, um, and so all those, all that time of like screaming and, and, um, being a drunk, crazy person, you know, it's, it seems like a different life. And, um, it, it seems that you never want to go back to that and you absolutely can't go back to it even if you wanted to. Yeah. It's just like you have an elevated conscience about it. I think. Yeah. It's an elevated consciousness. And it's also like a, um, the stuff that used to mean so much to me, I played in a band 
and I would play a lot on Friday nights um, and just uh, which was it was a lot of fun but I would also it was just really horrible because I wouldn't remember when I played um, I would be hung over the entire next day sometimes the day after that and um, and now on Friday nights I go to uh, I would, my wife is telling me right now and you were a jerk <laughs> Or she used them. Okay. Uh, and, and I would be a jerk most of the time. But now on Friday nights, I go to adoration. And it just seems like before that, life kind of seemed like it almost had no meaning because you're in it for like the moment. And now there's like, I would believe in my heart that there's a life after this one. And there's a purpose for all of us. And I also think like that suffering will bring you closer to God. And I never really thought that before. And that brings a lot of peace to to us and our family. Wow. Um, Corey, I just want to point out this. When we talked earlier, uh, something that just stood out in my mind, I just love the way you put that, um, how you and I were talking about, it's not really necessarily always looking at the miracles, um, mm-hmm. you know, looking for miracles or not asking or bargaining with God to try to present them to you. But it is definitely a way of fortifying your faith. I think we can agree on that. But I love how you put it when you said, if heaven takes enough time to reach out to me with miracles, I'm going to take enough time to recognize it. I just, yeah. I'm going to use that as a quote. <laughs> oh yeah. Use that as a quote. The, 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 um, when I think it's like the age of miracles, um, when we start to think that's something that happened in the past, then we start to think that God's something that happened in the past. Uh, the, the age of miracles I think is still with us. Sure, it's it's probably not right to go out and look for uh, signs and wonders. That's probably a little too much like testing God. But when it happens, it's like, I mean, what if Moses ignored the, the burning bush? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like just ignoring this hand that's like the same Holy Spirit that was at Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that's reaching out to you right now. So that seems like it's pretty important to pay attention to. So uh, if I know when I saw Father Leon, and you've seen Father Leon as well, um, he said, if your rosary turns to gold, pray the rosary. (laughs) You know, that's talking to you. Heaven's reaching out to you. Um, If, um, you know, if you smell roses, like pray. I didn't. I was more like, gosh, this is actually happening. (laughs) Yes, of course. But the the long-lasting effects of it all is – you don't have to have faith. You can just have the knowledge that that heaven is real and loves you. Absolutely. It's no longer just a matter of faith. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen, but yeah. when you do see, it's not just for you. I think that's why I'm doing this. It's not just for you. It's for everyone. Huh. everyone. Yeah. And when you share that, it's per, it's people's testimonies that I think that's what brings them around or at least gives them a second look because I mean yes. when you think about in the early church was built on miracles I mean I don't think mm-hmm. that people you know were going around saying and then he said this and I mean maybe he they, they did they said okay right. and then on verse five of chapter six when he said this no it was more like no the little boy had two two fish and five loaves of bread and he fed five thousand people or you know yeah that, that's the thing that's going to get repeated <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and that's the way um, I watch this show all the time, or not watch the show. I listen to this podcast all the time called Miracle Hunter. I don't know if you've ever. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. And the Miracle Hunter um, is like, 
yeah, there's faith and wonders and, and, and things like that, but it strengthens everybody's faith. And that's what it's for. You know, that's the way I see it. And uh, it's kind of like uh, faith is, is like a mystery. And it's like a, a mystery, it's like a puzzle worth solving, you know? And, it, and it's not, you're right, it's not just for us. It's for like everybody around. When I was saying goodbye in Medjugorje, you know, I, I can feel a voice in my heart say, um, go back home, give my love to the children. Okay, and then I just think that that was like my actual children. And then um, just everybody to be like, to smile and to be happy and kind of spread joy, you know, and that's just enough for, for the Immaculate Heart to triumph. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure you can use this for your podcast too, yes. to share your story. We'll just put you right on. That'll be the whole podcast. <laughs> I'll put your contact information and your podcast on our show notes so that people can oh, cool. as well. So, yeah. Okay. When you tune into mine, it's just going to be like kids uh, asking questions and then and praying and and uh, kind of stumbling their way through the Hail Mary. So very, very, <laughs> very cute. <laughs> it's perfect. It's precious. Yeah. I love it.